need to surround yourself with people that are doing things that you want to do. You need to reach out to those people and whether it's paying them for coaching or just seeing if they'll mentor you for free and lean on people that have done what you want to do. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. With us today, Tony Javier. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing great as well. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Tony. He is the founder and CEO of Professional Home Buyers. He's also the CEO of Real Estate Prodigy, which is an educational platform for real estate professionals. His team does over 100 transactions a year while he lives in San Diego running Real Estate Prodigy. With that being said, Tony, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? I'd love to. So I started the business in 2001. I bought a info product on TV. I'm sure you've heard of it. No down payment system by Carlton Sheets. Just started buying properties from there. We fix and flip all the properties we buy. So we buy undervalued properties. We fix them up and then turn around and either sell them or we have a rent zone program where we allow tenants to live in the property while they're fixing their credit, while we help them fix their credit. And eventually they become homeowners usually within about a year or two. So that's kind of our business model. And the business has evolved over the last 16 years. I'm based in Wichita, Kansas. We expanded a little bit into Oklahoma City as well as Kansas City. And then some properties in Tampa, Florida. And we're actually now setting up some partnerships with other people in other locations where We'll do some of the back-end operations for them, and they manage the deals. Um, is that like been, franchising? Uh, is that basically what you're doing, or is it something else? 
when we do Oklahoma City and Kansas City, those are close enough to us that we can kind of manage those from an operation standpoint. Going outside of that, we're going to start partnering with other investors where we do the market. Because what I found is through coaching and through education is the biggest problem that people have other than like mindset and just some of those hurdles is actually finding properties. And that's one of the things that we feel like we're really good at. We've got many different marketing mediums that we use in our business to find properties. What we decided to do is start marketing for other real estate investors. So we will actually either, depending on how it's structured, split the marketing costs or we pay for all the marketing and have our office actually manage the marketing part of it as well as managing the leads coming in and qualifying them. The investor will actually meet with the seller, put the properties under contract, do the day-to-day operations of it, and then we split the profits depending on someone's experience, depending on if they're going to invest in the marketing and some of the other different factors. Oh, I love that. I've realized the more people I speak to and the more I am in this business, the importance of focusing on what I'm really good at and then bringing on team members to do what they're really good at. And in your case, you've done that, but you've done it to a higher degree with an actual business versus you and your partners. Perhaps you did that with your business partners too, but your actual business is focused on one aspect of the process, which is finding properties. What makes your team so good at finding properties? When I started in 2001, I actually, in 2002, is either 2002 or 2003, I met a guy that just called me out of the blue, kind of a cold call, and wanted me to meet with him, wanted me to do marketing in a phone book. And at that time, I had no money to my name. I was actually still in college, getting my business going, and I stood him up actually a couple times, and finally, he got me to come into his office, and he sold me an ad. Just great guy, great salesman, just showed me the value of it. And then that's where I understood the power of marketing, because I put a little ad in the phone book. $150 a month. And I think that first year ended up making me like 20 or 30 grand just off of that one. It might even been more than that. It's been a long time, but made me a lot of money just on that small ad. Mm. And then over time, he just kept selling me a bigger ad, bigger ad, bigger ad. And all of a sudden, this ad that I had in a phone book was bringing me multiple six figures a year back in business. Ironically, I kind of became friends with that guy, and he ended up getting promoted, promoted, promoted. He's the one that actually allowed me to move to San Diego because now he works in my business. Mm. I hired him three years ago to take over the operations of my business, just a sharp guy, and his genius is marketing. So anyway, that started back in 2001. As phone books started working, I started doing some direct mail. As direct mail started working, I started doing... TV. As TV started working, I started reinvesting that money into radio. And now radio is a little bit newer for us, but we started getting into Facebook ads and then we started getting into Google pay-per-click advertising. So really a lot of it was trial and error, to be honest with you. It was just putting information out there, letting people know who I am and what the benefits were to my company. And as we started serving customers, money started coming back in and we could go back and reinvest that money into different marketing mediums and just keep going from there. And A lot of the mistakes that I see some investors make is that they put their money into one marketing medium, and then if that marketing medium dries up, their business kind of goes away or really suffers. So I've been very fortunate to start early in the business with the marketing part of it, 
and really just start scaling it up by adding different things that we could test and track. And now I've got someone that runs my operation that's really versed in marketing has taken it to even a different level. At what point do you recommend someone bring on a full-time marketing person? That's a great question. Maybe we just look in a mirror and just look at you. That's a tough question because it's everyone's has a different business model. Let me ask, let me be more specific. At what point did you know it makes financial sense to bring on a marketing person? Well, I'll kind of tell you how I progressed. So I did the marketing myself when I first started out. And then as I became busy enough, then I started with an administrative person. And if you're versed enough in marketing, which I think I had just enough information in marketing to not have to hire an outside marketing person, you can actually have your admin person do your paperwork, do your rent collections, whatever you have them do, and have them do the marketing at the same time. And they're going to be the ones that are going to be testing and tracking some of the things that you give them. If you already have an admin person that are too busy to do that and or you don't have enough knowledge in that, then what I would do first is outsource. I would go to someone that already is doing this for other real estate investors because they're going to know what works and you're not going to have to reinvent the wheel and they're going to be able to test and track things in your market and have it done for you to where if you have no experience and you don't know much about marketing and you try and do it all yourself, you're going to spend a lot of money testing your own stuff when you've already could probably hire someone that already knows what they're doing. And then you're going to know when it's a good time to have a full-time marketing person. It was probably five years ago before I started taking one of my administrative people and actually had them pretty much working on marketing full-time. So like you said, it's hard to tell based on everybody's going to be different. But my recommendation is if you already have an admin, you kind of have an idea of what strategies work out there, start implementing them and have that admin work on them. And then maybe reach out to a third-party marketing companies, there's a lot out there that deal with just real estate and see if they can help you out. And the worst case scenario, you have a conversation with them and they give you some free advice and maybe you just pay them hourly for consulting. Hmm. How do you manage the marketing person? Because if you are doing everything from direct mail to Google pay-per-click to Facebook ads, radio, TV, how do you keep track of that and make sure that you're reaching the business objectives and you're spending the right cost per lead, things like that? It's not really that much of a science other than just putting together spreadsheets and putting together formulas. So what we've done is we put together, first of all, we track everything. That's the first thing you need to do is when I was first in the business, I could track it without a tracking number just because I only had one marketing meeting. It was a phone book. So if I got a lead, I knew it was from the phone book. So eventually I realized that, first of all, some of those leads weren't coming to me. I'd either missed a call or didn't ring to my number. People were hanging up. And so I got a tracking number. It would actually not only would it track the call, it would also text me if someone left a message or if I got a missed call. In fact, that right there, I think probably 12 years ago when I put that in place, I invested, I don't know, 50 bucks a month for a tracking phone number. And there was one time I was in a mall and I didn't get reception. I got out of the mall. It texted me, said you had a missed call, but they didn't leave a message. So I ended up calling them back, scheduled an appointment for the next day, ended up putting the property under contract and made over $20,000 on that house. And so 
I can't remember where I got that tip or trick, but since then I realized that's something that a lot of investors do is they'll spend money on marketing, but number one, they don't track it. And number two, there could be leads coming through their funnel that they're missing if it's just going to their cell phone. Because people, when they don't get an answer, they're just going to call the next person. Mm-hmm. And so coming back around, so now we have a tracking system. It's CallRail, so callrail.com. What is it? Call what? CallRail. R-A-I-L? Yeah. Okay. We have, I think, 15 or 20 different tracking numbers in that system. So when we do a postcard, we can get a new number and put it on that postcard. When we started doing radio, we got a different number and put it on the radio commercial so we knew if it was a radio lead. Mm-hmm. So all of those calls go into call rail where we can pull up a spreadsheet and say, okay, this week we got 20 leads from TV. This week we got 15 calls from the radio and we're able to track that. And again, if you only have one or two marketing mediums, you may not need that sophisticated a system, but it's not that expensive and it'll help you to make sure you don't miss leads. And so oh. we take that information, we put it into our spreadsheet and it says, okay, we spent this month on TV, we got, let's say for easy math, 100 leads. So it costs us $100 per lead for TV. And then how much money do we make on that? And then we'll be able to calculate our return on investment. So we can go through all of our marketing mediums, see what our cost per lead is, what our cost per deal is, and what our return on investment is. And it's a simple Google spreadsheet that we use to make sure that we're doing the right type of marketing and that we're getting the return that we need. And if one marketing medium that we start isn't doing very well and we're spending money in that, then we may get rid of that and then just put that money towards something that we know that is working and just kind of turn up the volume in that, that marketing area. What is a good cost per lead? I don't manage that part of it as much. I kind of glance at it yep, a little bit. Fine. But now if I remember right, I believe it's, When I was looking at it, when I was tracking it a little bit, I think it's changed a little bit. It's anywhere from about $50 to $250 a lead. Yeah. And that's just to get the lead. And then the cost per acquisition for our marketing mediums, I believe, is right around $2,500, But if you look at it, most of those properties make between $20,000 or $30,000. So. Those are pretty good numbers. If you can get leads between 50 and 250 bucks and they're good leads, and then you can have your cost per lead around that $2,500, $3,500 mark, that's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Do you know which marketing tactic or medium is most effective? It's going to vary based on the market. For us, I can kind of tell you what works for us. I would say TV, I think, is our number one lead source. Now, granted, because it's kind of a shotgun method, we get a lot of different leads. We have to filter through maybe 40, 50 leads before we get one yeah. property and contract. About TV, how, where do you advertise? How do you get the advertising space? And I know however detailed you can get knowing that you don't handle this directly. I know you got a team member that does this, but what can you tell us about that process? I can tell you that TV is expensive. Now, I'm in a smaller market, so it's not as expensive as some markets. You go to, like, for instance, in Tampa, Florida, I looked in Tampa, and it's just outrageous to market to that area because you have so many suburbs and a huge reach. So, first of all, it's expensive, so you can check in your area if you want to do TV if it's going to be reasonable for you. 
The second thing is you have to have it in place for a certain amount of time to decide if it's working or not. Now, fortunately, enough for me, the first month we got a really good deal off of it and made some good money off our first deal, but then it was another, I don't know, five or six months before we got our next deal. And had I not gotten that first deal, there's a possibility I may have turned it off after a few months, but after talking to other people that have been successful on TV or radio or some of those shotgun approaches, you really need to give it probably a good six months to be able to tell if it's working or not. And then as far as our message, it's pretty simple. It's you pay cash, close quickly. And that's really what we do in any of our marketing methods is we look at the pain points that they have and make sure we hit those. A lot of people don't want to do work to their houses. A lot of people need cash quickly. A lot of people don't like the hassle of having to hire a realtor and go through that whole process. We say no hassle in our commercial as well. And just hit the pain points. So I don't know if that answered your questions there, Jill, on the commercial. It did. Yeah, and how much of a production and headache's not the right word, but preparation, that's a better word. How much preparation is involved for a TV commercial and getting that all set up versus, well, you don't even have to do versus. I'm just thinking with Google AdWords, Facebook ads, boy, we can do that sitting in our pajamas at home with a credit card, whereas a TV commercial, there's more preparation. So how much more is involved? And I assume you've determined that's worth the extra preparation because you're still doing that. Totally. I live in San Diego, so every time I go to Wichita, which is about every three months or so, I'll usually film another commercial. But for oh, me, usually, are you I, the guy? You know, are you the, you're the face? I'm the face of it, yeah. So we started commercials, I think, four or five years ago, and I was pretty well-known in the area for being a real estate agent and flipping houses and that mm-hmm. type of deal. So I just kind of wanted to ride that way and put my face on the commercial so that people could correlate it and it's really paid off because people that I haven't talked to in years that maybe I went to high school with are sending me leads because they see my face on the TV. But yeah, so from my standpoint, it's a little more because I have to go in and film. And honestly, it takes like 15 minutes for me to go in and shoot a commercial. I script it. I practice it a couple times. I go in there. I take a few cuts of whatever it is I'm going to say. They cut up the commercial to make it look good. And then they produce the back end of it. Now we have the template, I guess, of our commercial. So the message changes, but our jingle's the same. Our phone number's the same. Some of the graphics are the same. It's really just the message per commercial that changes. And really a message doesn't change that much. Now, if you don't want to go in front of camera and you want someone else to produce it, you can do that too. You can give them your ideas. They can put graphics in. They can put someone else's audio in there and, and produce it for you. It's going to cost a little bit more, but as long as you're hiring the right person, you should have a pretty good product at the end. Are you able to repurpose that commercial for online use? We do. We don't even pay that much for the commercial. They only charge us like a few hundred bucks to produce that commercial. To produce um, it, a few hundred? Posting. Yeah, a few hundred bucks. Every time we do a commercial, they shoot it, and really they just charge us the time to shoot it, and mm-hmm. then they produce it for us because we're buying ad yeah. space from them. Right. And so, yeah, we just changed the phone number on the commercial. We had them, now every time I shoot a commercial, I say, change the phone number for Facebook ad, change the number for the Google pay-per-click page that we use. And I think there's one other commercial. Maybe those are the only two. So, yeah, we just had to change the number on those and repurpose them for those two different marketing mediums. And that's in Wichita? 
That's just Wichita. That, that's where it's airing. Okay. And last question on this. What type of programs and times in the day or night does it air? That's a great question. That's something for my president who handles all that. He's been a genius at that, yeah. being able to figure out what works and doesn't. But when I was first involved in it, we started buying, I think, what they call filler spaces. So we would buy some semi-prime time spots like the news at 5 p.m. and then some of the morning news stations as well. And then we buy some filler spots, meaning that they didn't have certain spots, so they would give us those spots for a dollar or five dollars commercial or for that airtime. Did you just say a dollar or five dollars? Yeah, per spot that we would fill in because they didn't have that spot sold. And if, if someone doesn't buy that spot, then we don't get any money anyway. And usually it's like late night or some spot where there's not nearly as many viewers. But yeah, we would get spots for between a dollar and five dollars for those really cheap spots. And I think up to ten bucks for those types of spots. And then the prime spots, I want to say we pay probably fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars for those prime spots, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I can get some really inexpensive spots. You can get some really cheap spots. Really, it's like any marketing, you just kind of have to test and track it. If you're a little bit newer and you're just starting with a smaller budget, you might start with some of those filler spots and maybe just buy a couple of primetime spots. But you're going to have to meet with the person that handles that in your area. So we have a media buyer that we go through, and they know the trends. I mean, they know where the traffic is. They know the demographics. So you really need to lean on them if you're going to do something like that because they're going to be able to tell you better what spots they think you should buy. and kind of the demographics for uh, a TV station. Where did you find the media buyer? It's kind of funny how some of the things in my business have played out. So I was actually playing poker one night with a friend, and he invited another friend who happened to do a lot of TV. And I recognized him, so we started talking business and talked about the commercial. I said, hey, how does your commercial do? I see it all the time. He's like, man, we kill it with TV. And I'm like, wow, really? And he's like, yeah, get a hold of my media buyer. He'll hook you up. So I called him. We did the commercial. And like I said, we started having a little bit of success right away. And now it's just been a game changer for us because now we have our name out there more. We get a lot more referrals from people that I know that see the commercial. So it was just one night playing poker and got a contact and just went from there. Tony, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice ever. I think going back, the thing that I would have done differently starting out would be to leverage people more. So when I started my business in 2001, I was a lone ranger, which is fine, but I didn't really reach out to other people, meaning that I would just get on my computer, I'd do some research, I'd throw some marketing stuff out there, see if it worked. There's a lot of trial and error. So I would say if you're going to really want to get to that next level, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing things that you want to do. You need to reach out to those people and whether it's paying them for coaching or just seeing if they'll mentor you for free and lean on people that have done what you want to do. I would be so much further along. It took me six years to get a mentor. From 2001 when I started, my first mentor was 2007. And that's when things started to change. I started to see, because my mentor was a multimillionaire, had a really successful business, and I would just ask him questions every once in a while, and he'd give me advice, 
every once in a while that would just save me a tremendous amount of time and money in my business. So if you're just starting out, even if you have a business, it doesn't matter if you have 20 employees, reaching out to people that are at a higher level that are doing what you want to do, I think is the biggest game changer for me in my business. I can tell you it's been the biggest game changer for me and my business as well. So I embrace that advice, that's for sure. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you a real estate investor and you're trying to do it all yourself? Then you got to stop the insanity, my friend, and go hire virtually. Virtual Office VA is a U.S.-based and trained real estate virtual assistant company. They can free up your time. You can go to their website, learn what they're all about, and go sign up for a virtual assistant. Go to VirtualOfficeVA.com. That's virtualofficeva.com. Tony, what's the best ever book you've read? Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. Best ever deal you've done? There's two of them. One of them was a deal we made over 100 grand last year. It was a really quick flip. And actually, the best one we ever did was a wholesale deal, bought it for 25 grand, cleaned it up, put it back on the market, and sold it for 65, made 40 grand on a wholesale deal that was only a $65,000 sale price. And you would place that over the quick flip because you did less work in a shorter amount of time? The return on time investment was even greater. Yep. Yep. What's the best ever way you like to give back? You know, I have a lot of people reach out to me that see my Facebook and my TV and stuff and say, hey, how do I get started? And I used to blow those people off. And now, as long as I have the time and I can fit them into my schedule, I give people advice. Because the one thing, like I said, when I first got into it, I was doing things on my own. So if I can have a quick conversation with someone and either help them avoid a mistake or help them to get started that much quicker, I don't mind lending that little bit of advice based on my 16 years of experience. What's a mistake you can think of on a deal that you've done? I made multiple mistakes in Tampa, Florida when I started doing deals out there. I didn't do enough research on the market. I didn't do enough research to know that contractors out there are really tough to deal with. Everywhere. Well, yeah, but especially Florida. Like anywhere in Florida, it's like a breeding ground for really bad contractors. It's crazy. Long story on those deals, but... I'm sorry, what was the question again? Worst deal I've ever done? No, well, you can say that. Yeah, let's do that. What's the worst deal you've done? Okay, so one of those was in Florida. I bought a property. I could have wholesaled it quickly and made 20 grand. Instead, I let my ego get a hold of me and said, you know what, I can make 50 grand on this deal. Again, Tampa, Florida. Had three bad contractors. Ended up spending twice as much money on the project. Ended up selling for $40,000 less than we anticipated and ended up losing $65,000 on that deal. Ouch. Well, only, yeah, only, yeah, it's only one of four or five properties I've ever lost money on, and it's a huge learning lesson. So it was basically wrote $65,000 check for a big learning lesson. Well, where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? 
I've got a couple different ways. I hold a real estate mastermind. So if anybody is in the real estate space right now, you can go to remevent.com. It stands for real estate master. So remevent.com or go to realestateprodigy.com and get a lot of good free stuff from me. Outstanding. Well, talking with you about marketing and how you've positioned your company to be the expert in finding properties for investors and then partnering with them or getting a fee. Really interesting stuff with your business model. Then talking about, clearly we spent some time on the TV angle, how that is an effective medium for you and the price that is being paid and the type of cost per leads and cost per acquisitions that you're looking at or looked at before. But really most important is the type of measurements that you're using. I think that's the main takeaway as well as lessons learned like wholesaling. You got an opportunity for quicker cash, but instead in a market you weren't as familiar with, you went for the flip, didn't work out. So you gave yourself a good learning lesson, an expensive lesson learned. But we've all been there and really appreciate you sharing that as well as all the other insights. Hope you have a best ever day, Tony, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me. Are you a real estate investor and you're trying to do it all yourself? Then you got to stop the insanity, my friend, and go hire virtually. Virtual Office VA is a U.S.-based and trained real estate virtual assistant company. They can free up your time. You can go to their website, learn what they're all about, and go sign up for a virtual assistant. Go to virtualofficeva.com. That's virtualofficeva.com.